Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we want to wish you and your family a very happy new year as we kick off the first podcast for 2023. As always, we're grateful that you've joined us as we share what will be the final episode in our series that we have titled Bible Words. When we see the power, the depth, and the beauty of God's Word, it changes lives. Many words are spoken around our neighborhood and in our churches as well that have a rich and deep history, and when understood at that level, it is revolutionary in our lives and has the potential to change our lives. And that's what we've been praying for throughout this series, is that God's Word would transform your life. Today, Dr. Mark Halen, the chair of DCC's Bible Department, will be looking at the word holy. Dr. Halen's been a regular guest on our leadership podcast, and he recently celebrated 30 years of teaching here at DCC. Joining Dr. Halen is the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders. And so I'm going to turn it over to you, Dr. Halen, and let you begin this episode of our Bible Words series. Thank you. We get our word holy, holiness, from an old English word, hall, which means whole, from which we get our word whole. And holiness at its core refers to a complete, total otherness, a set-apartness and otherness. And we can think of holiness in Scripture in terms of referring to God's intrinsic holiness, that he is completely other, totally pure, totally unique, and that he alone is intrinsically holy. In 1 Samuel 2, 2, we read, There is none holy like Yahweh, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. In Exodus 15, at the celebration of the crossing of the Red Sea, the Israelites sing, Who is like you, O Yahweh, among the gods? And the implied answer is, no one. He is intrinsically, totally other. We, on the other hand, experience what we could call derivative or derived holiness. A holiness that's bestowed on us, There are holy objects, like in the temple and the tabernacle, but usually we're talking about holiness of people, a holiness that we have by virtue of being set apart from the world for service to God in the world. And I think it's important, and I think I've made this point in other podcasts, that holiness is not just about being set apart and being different. It's being set apart from the world for service to God in the world. When I, when I think of holiness, I think of my mom's fine china, the stuff that was in that really neat china cabinet that was down in our basement uh, dining room, and we had this really nice dining table. Whenever mom started getting that stuff out, or at Christmas time when she started getting certain cooking instruments out, We knew that something special was about to happen. We knew that Christmas candies were going to be made. We knew that a special guest was coming because the fine china was getting getting taken out, and it was being placed on this dining table we never sat at at any other occasion 
except when there were guests or special occasions being celebrated. It was set apart from the rest of the cookware, set apart from the rest of the eatery uh, instruments uh, for special purposes. And so we have this idea that God is holy. We can think of the term transcendent, that God is transcendent. But one of the wonderful things that we see in Scripture that to me is one of the great magnum mysteriums, one of the great mysteries, that although Scripture speaks of God as totally other and totally holy, he's not remote. He's not remote from us. He's not distant and aloof from us. He is both transcendent and imminent. In Hosea 11, verse 9, Hosea refers to Yahweh as the Holy One among us. Actually, Yahweh refers to himself as I am the Holy One among you. I'm not aloof. I'm transcendent, yet I'm nearby. Jesus, I think, captures this in the Lord's Prayer. We begin that prayer, Our Father who is in heaven, holy be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's magnificent because he is both our father, he is imminent, and yet he is holy. He is transcendent in heaven. And then we are at the intersection of heaven and earth with his kingdom his holy kingdom. And and so I think this is a a beautiful, beautiful image that that is found throughout Scripture, the idea or concept, the holiness of God. Part of what's majestic about the holiness of God in the Old Testament is things that it's linked with, that we tend to not think of being linked to holiness. Um. God's holiness is spoken of being linked to salvation, forgiveness, answering prayers. We see one of the greatest expositions of God's holiness is in Psalm 99. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is Yahweh in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them, let them praise you. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. So there we see the exalted, transcendent, reigning presence of God. The king is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity in Jacob. Uh, you have done what is just and right. Exalt Yahweh our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. His holiness is connected to his righteous behavior, his transcendent moral character. But then it moves on to say Moses and Aaron were among the priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on Yahweh and he answered them. He spoke to them from the pillar of the cloud. God's holiness, the stanza also ends, 
that he's holy. So his holiness is associated with God speaking to us. Later, it says that he, they called out to him and he answered them. God's holiness is seen in his willingness and his ability to respond to our prayers. So holiness is not just transcendence. It's, it's a nearness that takes action. And because of that, there's this really interesting connection that I see all throughout the Old Testament. We're told that God is holy. Be holy because I'm holy is a refrain that's found like six times in the book of Leviticus. It's repeated by Peter in 1 Peter 1, verses 15 and 16. Elsewhere in the New Testament, we have a very similar sort of, I'm this, now you do this. And we're all familiar with it. In John 13, verse 34, and in John 15, verse 12, we read things like, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. I love, now you love. In Romans 12, in Colossians 3, and in 1 Peter 1, we see the proximity of discussion of holiness and discussion of love. And so for us as believers, one of the greatest expressions of holiness is not being holier than thou, is not, you know, the old phrase we used to use when I was a kid, we don't smoke, we don't chew, and we don't date the girls that do. You know, this idea of holiness that was often associated with the holiness tradition, the Church of the Nazarene, you know, that were known for what they wouldn't do. That scripture seems to focus more on holiness being about what you do do. And that the thing that you do to act out the holiness of God is that you love. You love. Um, if, I, if I can make a very bold summary, I, I would say that God is holy. What, what the Old Testament teaches us is that God is holy, therefore he loves. What the New Testament teaches us is God, is, God has made us holy, therefore we are called to love. That brings us full circle to our podcast on love. And as we define it there, love is an intentional decision for the betterment of someone else. And that's helpful because we can do that. What, what decisions can we make mm -hmm. to help others? And that points back to God as holy, and it also, I, from what you're saying, demonstrates our holiness, right? Yes. 
Our holiness is derived. It's derivative. It's not intrinsic to us. Just as in the flesh, we can't love as God loves. So God makes us holy through the sanctifying, the making holy work of the Holy Spirit. And having been sanctified and empowered by the Holy Spirit, we now have the ability to love. We have the ability to act out what God is working in to us through the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's helpful also to link this idea of holiness with a concept that we talk a lot about here at Dallas Christian College, the idea of one's calling, that we are set apart. God made us uniquely in his spirit, and he gives us gifts through his spirit for specific purposes. He desires and he has wired us to do certain things for him through his power in his world and in his church. And so as saints, as holy ones, sanctified ones, we are called to work out our calling. Uh, Paul in Ephesians 4 says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And he writes that not too far from the place where in Ephesians 2 he talked about the work of the Holy Spirit, that the church is a group of people who are being built by God into a holy dwelling in which God dwells through his Spirit. That's a very helpful image. Walk. Anybody can work work in that direction. So it's a new year. If if I told you and asked you how can I how can we how can we as a church live more holy? What what would it look like to have those nice china dishes out in our lives? Throughout the year, I, I think I would uh, start with scripture going to places where we see the work of the Holy Spirit described, places like Galatians 5, and, and begin praying about how God wants us to develop the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, Romans 12, living out the life of the Spirit. I think it, it, is, not, it is not without coincidence that Romans 12 um, follows this digression of thought in the book of Romans 9 through 11 has all those complicated theological issues where Paul seemed to digress a little bit. But if you put Romans 8 up against Romans 12, they flow together. And in Romans 8, he had talked about the work of the Spirit and sanctifying the believer. And then in Romans 12, 
we, we get his wonderful wording about the transforming of our minds. And then starting at about verse 9, he begins using the word love. The uses of the, word, of the love word group begin to multiply in, in chapter 12. And so I think we have guidance in what a spirit-filled life looks like uh, in passages like that. So all sanctification, all growth and holiness begins with opening ourselves up to what God wants to say to us in Scripture and opening ourselves up to the work of the Spirit through prayer and then following his guidance when the Spirit prompts us and to think intentionally about what does God want me to do? What decision do, do I need to make that will allow God's Spirit to flow through me into this circumstance where I can introduce grace, righteousness, salvation, and love into this circumstance? That's excellent, Dr. Halen. I think it, that's a great question for all of us to be asking ourselves as we begin this new year, this first week of January. What does God want me to do in 2023, and how can I accomplish that through yielding to the, the work of the Holy Spirit and letting uh, God uh, work to tr transform and to change us. Thank you for sharing that today. We're excited about what's happening at Dallas Christian College, and we, uh, again, value your partnership and are grateful that you have chosen to spend this time with us today. If you'd like to learn more about DCC and our mission and how we help students to find their calling and uh, to engage in the work of Christ in the church and in the world, you can uh, learn more about us by going to our website at www.dallas.edu. There you can uh, find out more about our degree programs and available scholarships, and then you can also learn more about how you can partner with Dallas Christian College by supporting us in prayer and also financially by going to our website, dallaspartners.org. Uh, you can also find more about the opportunity to participate in uh, supporting the Worley Student Life Center there. But we pray that uh, this new year will be a, a great year for you and your family. Again, thank you for uh, joining us for today's episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast.